Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. With a hundred or more worshipping warriors, that's what we are. As we worship tonight, there was something shifting in the heavens. There is freedom coming over people's lives. And I believe something's shifting and changing. It's almost like we're changing gears to the next level this year in the spirit, with authority, with understanding, with release. Because as we do, something breaks loose over our souls and it starts to touch and change our city. Worshipping warriors, I encourage you to just worship and praise Him with all of your being. Oh God. As we're worshipping, Tanil, I just see the word freedom over your soul. Freedom over your soul. And it's like, and the next thing I saw was as you worship freely, it's like the door opened into a much larger place in your soul. I see you move, walk into a much larger place of freedom, and I see the shadows and the limitations of the past being left behind. They don't have any more hold over you, they're just a shadow. I see freedom and a large place for you. Just run for it with all your heart. And the greatest key is worshipping Him with abandon and freedom. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I just thank You for Your freedom over this house. Lift Your hands to heaven for a moment. Just, just open your heart. God's a good God. Sometimes we don't realize what's happening when we worship with authority and power like we were before. There comes healing and release. And as you worship Him, what happens? Your eyes come off of yourself, off your limitations, off your pain, off your fears, they start to lose power and you are lifted to see how great and awesome and powerful and loving and amazing is our God. What a beautiful name. When we sing that, all of a sudden you start to see how amazing. He brings beauty for ashes in our lives. He starts to give you a hope and a purpose and a freedom. Lord, Holy Spirit, just continue to have your way over us. Lord, teach us how to worship with authority, with freedom. Lord, give hope and purpose back into people's lives that have been damaged. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's take our seats. <clears throat> Thanks, guys. That's just so awesome just to worship freely. This morning, some of you were here and we... Uh, did a launch for 2017 and shared a few key things. I'm just going to do a quick summary of that tonight for those who weren't here this morning so you don't miss out on some of the key things um, that we're uh, doing. And uh, it's a year of destiny and favor. I just see destiny and favor happening over our lives more and more. And I, was, I shared four weeks ago about the prophecy of Dr. Michael Maiden, a prophetic uh, guy that we heard in Brisbane last year. And he said, 2017 is the year of the great move of God. God is a predestined appointment with mankind in 2017. He said, it's the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. It's the 50th anniversary of the Charismatic Revival. And someone reminded me today, it's also the 100th anniversary of the, the time, the year 1917, of when the Australian light horse uh, liberated Jerusalem and Israel. A hundred years this year as well. So it's like there's a whole lot of uh, amazing events and God understands times and seasons. And I believe this year we're moving in. And he goes on and talks about a great outpouring of the Spirit that's going to happen this year. And many lives are going to be transformed 
And he says that in the chaotic world we live in, this will be a year of confusion, conflict, and even war in the world. But in the midst of all that confusion, God will begin to do great things on the earth. I'm praying for your strength to be renewed, for your vision to be restored, and for your destiny to be released. All he can say is, get ready, get ready for God's move on the earth. And, and in our worship and praise, there's something shifting gears. And I'm feeling something in the spirit that's rising. And I've been in uh, two moves of God in 1994-95 and also in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, the charismatic move. And the worship and the authority is rising to that level and I can see it, I can feel it. There's something being released. And when that happens, the power of God becomes so evident across our, uh, not just in our meetings, but in your workplaces. There's a freedom to share Christ. That We find the supernatural starts to break loose and happen so much more easily. And I believe we're moving into that season and it's going to come with great authority and power. So as a church, we're gearing up, we're getting ready for what God wants to do. Jeremiah 33, as a prophetic scripture, verse 3, 6 and 9, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all the nations on earth that hear of the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. And that's prophetically of Jerusalem that God spoke to me 14 years ago on a prayer meeting on a Friday night down where Joe's standing down the back corner there. And I started reading that scripture and God said, it's for Jerusalem, but you can claim it for Harvey Bay. It was a word for me. And I reached up and I said, I'll take that. And as soon as I did, something exploded in my spirit. And from that Sunday on, people got saved nearly every Sunday from then till now. It's like we've got to step in and take authority. Claim what is ours over our city. When I see the uh, news reports and of unemployment and violence and, and all the stuff that goes on, I said, that's what the news says, but God, your news is different, and I believe you're going to do this. It's good news that's going to come out of our church and across our city, and I just want you to grab a hold of it, to pray it. This week as you're praying, declare it, declare it. And I read an article this week about prayer. Do the first eight. If you're praying for 30 minutes, do 25 minutes of prayer and declaration and praise of all that God is and over our city and community. And then pray out and cry out for your request at the end and see what God will do. Because we just need to acknowledge and, and declare how awesome is our God. So our vision statement, we've simplified it a bit. Transforming lives for good. You can all remember that, hey? The other one was so wordy that we got lost in it. Transforming lives for good. It's not original, but it's true. We are in the process of seeing lives transformed, set free, um, liberated from fear and sin and shame. Our mission, how are we going to do this? We transform lives through the love and power of Jesus Christ, through our lives, through our ministries, through who we are as people. Our mission strategy, how are we going to follow that through? We transform our community with a message of hope and love. And one of the ways we do it is by developing a spiritual home that is strong and healthy with seven key aspects. And this is not new. We've had this for years, but we got our acrostic of Bayside. And B stands for Bible believing. It's our foundation. We're following the Word of God. We're not politically correct and following what is the latest trend on Twitter or on Facebook or in the uh, philosophies of this world. 
We're not following that. We're found in the Word of God, which is abiding and lives forever, and it's as relevant today as the day it was written because the Holy Spirit, who wrote it, is now living and making it real to our lives. So we build on truth and power and grace. A stands for always generous, and Peter just shared about that. Generosity in our words, our finances, our actions, our hearts. I shared this morning, being a generous person, it might be on the finance you give. Being generous might be getting out of your comfort zone, as Dave taught us tonight, and including someone new into your circle of friends. That might be a generous act. It might be taking someone out for supper that you normally wouldn't maybe take time with, but it might be a generous act that might just open up something quite amazing. Sharing the good news, generosity, so many things. Someone sits in your seat at church, you're going to be generous? Or you're going to frown at them all day saying, why are you sitting in my seat? Making room in our hearts, being generous. So Y stands for yes to the Holy Spirit. Oh, we're a Pentecostal church, unashamedly, and we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit in all that we are, in our worship, in our prayer, in our ministries. But I want you to make room for the Holy Spirit by listening and obeying when He nudges you to offer to pray for someone at work or at the supermarket. By offering to give a gift to someone who's there's just not a connection happening there. Having a barbecue with a new neighbor. Yes to the Holy Spirit. Some people come to church every Sunday determined, saying, Lord, I want to meet someone today who I can give a word of encouragement to. Lord, I want to be able to listen to your voice and find someone lonely and just bring some love and comfort and care to their lives. Just following the Holy Spirit. S stands for service. We're created to love and serve Christ by serving others. And there's lots of opportunities to serve. I is inclusive, all ages, all nationalities, and all backgrounds. As a church, how awesome is it to be a family of God? The young and the old, the rich and the poor, the professional, the laborers, those that are on a journey trying to work out where they fit, the displaced, the disorganized, those that are brilliant at everything, the perfect ones, wherever we fit. Hey, God's put us all together. And how awesome it is. D's for discipleship, to teach, to train, to mentor by our words, our lifestyle, our example. And Dave, as you were speaking, the Holy Spirit nudged my heart and said, you're not always going to be hiding behind the technology. You're going to speak very clearly the Word of God. God's going to use you to speak to people's lives through your visual, through your technology, but also through your mouth, the Word of God. And God will give you confidence. And E is for evangelism. Seek and save the lost. And uh, we want to just continue to open our heart. I love seeing people come to Christ every week. And it's such a joy to see lives transformed. So we're going to teach into these areas more over the coming weeks so that we can uh, really embrace this. In 2017, our goal is to significantly strengthen the core of our church. And what do you mean by the core? That is who we are. That's the, it's the uh, key people. It's the everyone who... Uh, contributes, who serves on a team, who's involved here, is classed as the core of our church. It's not just the pastors and leaders. And uh, we're going to see that outworked in different ways. We're going to teach and understand the seven key aspects of our church in the coming weeks and months. We want to double the number of Bayside Church partners to get at least 250 people who say, hey, this is our church and we're passionately involved and we want to serve, to give, to pray, to be involved in any way we can. And so we're going to uh, teach more about partnership. We want to equip and release everyone to fulfill God's call on their lives. We're going to teach 
a series on what does it look like, what does a Christian look like in 2017 in Australia? Because often we just have New Testament ideas. We don't always translate that really well into our modern culture. And how can we live that out and express that? Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, especially verse 16 says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So some of our key areas of focus is the, of partnership, of serving, of strengthening the core, and by training and releasing more leaders and volunteers. Even since Mary Lynn uh, has just stepped back for a couple of months, she's recovering well. She was here this morning and, and spoke, thanking everyone. She's recovering well from her thyroid operation, and we thank you for all your prayers. But even if she stepped back for a little bit, all of a sudden all these people said, I'll help, I'll help. And, uh, and so it's, it's awesome how that God just builds leaders and teams, and more people are going to step out of their comfort zones this year and find God's purpose and freedom over our lives, which is awesome. Also, we're going to do LIM. LIM, which is more life groups, interest groups, and ministry groups. So we want more people to get involved in life groups. And uh, we have them on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, some are weekly, some are fortnightly. We're starting some new ones at Pialba, um, Young Marriage One. Uh, the families group is uh, re-launching. Uh, we want to get a mother's group going. And uh, we have prayer groups, missions, evangelism. And uh, we've got interest groups we want to see happening with fishing and, and all sorts of things. We have craft groups and we have uh, motorbike groups and we have all sorts of other groups we want to see happening. We want to see uh, more ministry groups, our worship team and our frontline teams and, and our kids' ministry team and youth ministry team, all those. There's ways we can get involved. Our bus driver's team. How awesome is it to belong to a team? because you feel connected, you grow in relationship, and uh, it's awesome. So if you're not involved in an area of service, we encourage you. There's a table down the back, and afterwards you can put your name down and say, I'm interested maybe in serving or learning about this. And uh, we can help teach and equip people to uh, be involved. Bayside Community Men's Shed is starting. Hallelujah. We've been talking about it for three years. We didn't have a shed. We didn't have the money. Guess what? We found a shed in on our property that was full of kids' stuff and junk and everything, and we've gonna we're cleaning that out right now. So the double garage up the back is going to become our men's shed, which we're we're launching in uh, Saturday week for our uh, men's breakfast. And uh, Matt and uh, Tony went and. Uh, um, Jamie Brooks and others, we're going to have a team there, and we're going to open it every Friday night. So when dads drop off their uh, kids to kids club or to youth group, they can come and have a barbecue and just connect. And we'll get uh, Valiant Manhood courses going. We'll get other, other stuff happening. We'll start making stuff and all sorts of things. So men's shed is going to happen, and that's going to be awesome as we launch that, and we'll uh, let you know other ways that we can help make that happen, connecting with the guys in transformations and in our community. That will be awesome. Also, we're going to reclaim Easter for Jesus. God stirred me about four years ago and said, Christmas with carols by candlelight and, and all the uh, carols that people sing, they know it's about Jesus and there's something going on. But there's a whole lot of people who've got no idea what Easter means anymore. And as a church, it's partly our fault because it's a long weekend and we just go all, all go away camping and we forgot to present the gospel at the greatest time of the year. 
So this year Easter's at the end of the school holiday, so have a holiday, and then let's come back and we're going to um, present Christ. We're going to have a whole uh, five days of celebration. We have Hymn Fest on the Wednesday. We're going to show the Jesus movie on uh, Passion of the Christ on the Thursday night. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Pastor Paul Geeling's coming. We're going to have an awesome time of breakthrough of meetings. Uh, we'll have a, a leadership breakfast. We'll go down the, the beach and have a family uh, get together and share Christ with people. We just want to lift up the name of Jesus. I spoke to a journalist today who's in our church. We're going to write some articles and get it into the newspapers and the media about what is the true meaning of, of Easter. And so pray for us for God to open doors so we can really present Christ and not just for those who understand it. There's thousands who've got no idea what Easter's about. All they know is Easter eggs, a long weekend, and that's about all they know. And some of the kids think about Easter Bunny, and that's it. And yet it's the greatest celebration of life of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. So we're going to start and reclaim Easter for the glory of God. And I know there's others been doing it in various ways, but God stirred my heart, and I know that we've got to step up and do what we can. Home for the Harvest is also another area that we're believing to build our... Uh, auditorium, a new auditorium, uh, more than twice this size, so that we can reach hundreds more people for Christ. So we've only got $63,000 to go on paying off this loan that we took out a couple of years ago to pay, uh, renovate all this building. And we're, re we're redoing our plans and getting that ready. And then we'll save up a deposit. So we want to get building as soon as we can. And so this year we'll be preparing, getting as much stuff in order and believing for God to release the provision of finance. It'll cost us about $3 million to do, but God's in charge and He knows how to make that happen. And I believe that God's going to help us. The Sovember project, we raised 32500 So Tim's ordered the speakers. They'll be here in the next week or two and we'll get them up and we'll get all the other stuff happening. So together we're going to see the kingdom of God established and communicate. Our worship and prayer ministry want to see that grow and strengthen. Based on transformations, what a great ministry that is, and we want to keep partnering together. We partner with other churches and chaplains, Bayside Kids, Youth, Young Adults, Young at Hearts, Sozo Ministries, our Women's Ministries. We've got to have some special events planned for them um, this year as well. So it's really awesome to celebrate together. And if you're not involved as a volunteer, you're saying, I'm not sure if I've got much time. If you get on a frontline team, it's once a month you're on. You come 15 minutes, a half hour before service, and you're here. Sunday nights especially, because a few of our team, Raywin's moved away, and one or two others have got involved with other ministries. We really need some. If you're a regular Sunday nighter, why don't you put your hand up, get on the back, and talk to Joel, one of the team, and say, how am I interested in going on frontline team? So you can greet people, collect the offering, bring the uh, pulpit up, and just be available to serve. That's, that's all you have to do. If you're a regular Sunday nighter, we just need probably another half a dozen or people more than a regular Sunday nighters to come on board. We've got great teams in the morning, and uh, you could do that. That's not too hard. And you make some more friends. And I always tell the story. We had a, a young lady called Cherie who was, uh, got saved, and she was a hairdresser. And came on. She got onto a frontline team. One day she met this handsome young man at the door, Ryan, couple years later they were married she met she was she was greeting on the door he got moved to town and so she met a guy and they end up getting married so you, you never know who you might meet at the door that's got a few of them interested look at them now <laughs> Woo! <laughs> where's the sign up list quick before they <laughs> ah god is good church is a big family 
So we want to encourage you to, to get involved and uh, just help and serve. It's a year of destiny favor. One more scripture on this, and then we'll just share a few other thoughts. Tonight, Psalm 65:11 says, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. What a great scripture. And I declare that over all of our lives um, tonight. Just want to share a few more thoughts before we finish tonight. On a, I, I mentioned this morning, God spoke to me just a couple of days ago, and he said, our church is a river and a well. And I thought, what's that mean? Just want to unpack a couple of scriptures in the next 15 minutes before we finish tonight. We're a river and a well. John 4, Jesus was walking with his disciples. They went through Samaria. A lot of people avoided Samaria because the Samaritans were originally Jews that had intermarried with the other people and they weren't supposed to. So a lot of the Jews thought, you guys are, you're just not really Jewish anymore. So they avoided, they would walk around, they'd go across the river and walk all the way around this whole region. Jesus decided to go straight through and listen to what happened in uh, verse 4 of John 4. To get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He came into Sychar, a Samaritan villages that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. This is several thousand years later. They must have built it well, eh? Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat at the well. It was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me, me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. They were off to Macca's and get some lunch. Jesus stayed. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. Isn't that interesting? He asked her for a drink and he said, if you really knew who you were, you'd be, you'd be wanting to ask me for one. The woman said, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it, he and his sons and livestock, and passed it down to us? Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within gushing fountains of endless life. Wow. Here's the story of the well of living water. Jesus said, there's a physical well there. And this well was an ancient well that had water people and animals from the time of Jacob, thousands of years before. It was reported at one stage in the early 1900s, someone went and measured the depth of it. It was 138 feet or 45 meters down to get the living water. That's a long rope. It's a long way to pull up water every time you want to drink. And as you know, wells can get blocked. I was brought up in a farm up near Crow's Nest near Toowoomba, and we had a well on our property. And uh, it was about um, 25 metres deep. When we had good weather and lots of rain, the water would be right up to the top. So you get water out, and the windmill used to pump the water out of that into a trough, and the cattle could drink. But I remember in really dry times, it would start to go down, and some of the uh, old planks that were around the sides would start to rot and fall in. So wells can, the dirt can fall in, the sides can fall in, and the water can be contaminated. 
But Jesus is a living well with doesn't have contaminated water. Thank God he has fresh living water. But if they have a permanent source of fresh water, they can sustain lots of life. If you just go back to Genesis for a minute, it says this was Jacob's well. I found out some of the story of this well. Genesis 26, 12. Isaac planted crops in that land and took in a huge harvest. God's blessed him. The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. He accumulated flocks and herds and many, many servants, so much that the Philistines began to envy him. Wow, he was so blessed by God that the, the, those who weren't believers, they started to envy him. And I shared this morning that God wants to bless us, not just with material stuff, but peace, with a family life, with, with hope and strength, and all those things so that others look at you and say, I want some of what you've got because you're so blessed. When you tap into the living water of Christ, there's something, there's a smile, there's a hope, there's a strength, there's a freedom. No matter what you're going through, there is life flowing out of you that people said, I want a little bit of what you've got. God, God wants us to be so full of life that others envy us because of the blessing that's over our lives. And I, I went to my nephew's funeral on Friday, 35-year-old that died of a heart attack about 10 days ago. And we were there and there was nearly half the town come out for his funeral because my brother and his family have lived there all their lives. Hundreds and hundreds of young people and people there. And I met this one guy I went to school with. We used to go on the same school bus over 40 years ago, him and his wife. And they were in the Lutheran church and they have passionately gone on for Jesus. And they're involved in all sorts of prison ministries and whatever. We started chatting and it was, his face just lit up. He said, what are your kids doing? So I told him, he says, that's awesome. That's because you've lived for Jesus and your family are following you. And he was looking around. He knows all the others that were there and a lot of them weren't Christians and, and he just so encouraged me. He says, because you've followed Christ, it's gone on to your children and your family. And I thought, wow, what a testimony. And he's done the same, and his kids have gone on for God as well. And, and I thought, wow, there's so much power. When you have a well of living water, your families draw, draw from it. Other people draw from it. It's the well of living water. So anyway, we got this well. He got, he got blessed. He was envied by the Philistines. They got back at him, so they got upset. So when you are blessed, sometimes people get annoyed. So what did they do? They threw dirt and debris into all the wells that his father's servants had dug back in the days of his father Abraham, clogging up all the wells. So they tried to stop the source of life of blessing. Some people try and hinder you when you go for God. They'll try and criticize you and call you religious or fanatical or say, why are you following God? Why do you go to church every week? They tried to block up the wells. Finally, Abimelech told Isaac, leave, you've become too big for us. Wow. So Isaac left. He camped in the valley of Gir and settled down there. Isaac dug again the wells which were dug in the days of his father Abraham that had been clogged up by the Philistines after Abram's death. And he renamed them using the original names his father had given them. One day, as Isaac's servants were digging in the valley, they came on a well of spring water. The shepherds of Gira quarreled with the Isaac's shepherds claiming this water is ours. So Isaac named the well Isaac, which means quarrel, because they quarreled over it. They dug another well, and there was a difference over, over that one as well, so he named it Sitmar, which means accusation. He went on from there and dug another well, 
But there was no fighting over this one, so he named it Rehoboth, Wide Open Spaces, saying, now God has given us plenty of space to spread out in the land. Let me tell you, sometimes you've got to redig the wells of your spirit because the enemy will try and contaminate it. He'll try and get people to say stuff about you. Some of the junk from your past will try and bring fear and shadows over your soul. Sometimes you've got to redig the wells. How do you do that? You pray. You take authority over the stuff of the past. You worship like we did tonight and let the river of living water flow. And it, when a river starts flowing, it washes all the junk out of the, the, the banks and the, the creek bed. It washes it out. When you, and the worship is like a river that flows and gets rid of all the junk. And the fresh water washes out the stale, swampy stuff and all the junk that's there. Gets rid of the pests and washes them away. And then you've got a fresh, flowing, clean river. Some of us need to redig the wells of our spirit and our mind and heart so it's not clogged up. And who knows what's clogged up those wells? Philistines, they threw rubbish down there. They might ride in a camel and died, so they threw Colin the camel down the well and that contaminated that one. <laughs> you know, what? who knows what stuff tries to clog up the wells of our minds and our hearts. But let me tell you, the river of living water will just wash it out. Get your mind free. Get your heart free. And we can redig those wells. And some of us this week in prayer, you need to redig the well of waiting on God's presence. Something happens when you worship and pray and wait in His presence. Don't hide. With God's help, face the fears and issues that are hindering your life. God spoke to me last night. He says, there's some people hiding. Don't keep hiding behind your shame, behind your hurt and grief and loss. It's so easy, there are times to process stuff, but it's so easy then to get comfortable and hide and pull back and put up walls so people can't get close to your heart saying, I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm not going to get let down again, so they play it safe. I watch people, sometimes in church, when worship comes, they fold their arms and think, I'm not going to open up because if you open up your heart like this in worship, then God can start to get to your heart. So they stay like this. I watch them. Men and women, they just keep closed. Don't hide. We all have stuff to hide behind. But God loves us so much. And as you just open the door a little bit, the trickle of water starts to wash the junk away. It starts to wash the debris away. It starts to get rid of the fears and the pain and the hurt. Because in that living water is life. Let's have a quick look at the river and then we'll finish it up. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Surely God's my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. John 7, 37, Jesus talked about the river. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Do you know what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on your life? He starts to release a river of living water. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit at an Easter youth camp here a long time ago in Harvey Bay, something started to get released in my soul and fears and and just the limitations and stuff started to lose its power over my life. When you pray in that heavenly language, it releases a river of life. 
when you worship like we did tonight in the spirit and you worship this God with those songs, it just releases your heart. You say, well, I'm not really a good singer. It doesn't matter. It comes out of your spirit. If God wanted to give you a brilliant voice, he would have. He gave some of you really great voices. He gave others of us great spirits that need to just let it flow. So it's about your spirit, not about your voice. It's about your heart. And there's a river of living water. Revelation 22, I love this, the last chapter of the Bible. I love, do you love getting books? And if they're really big fat ones, I'll read the first page and the last page and then I'll decide whether I'm going to read the rest of the book. Does anyone else do that? Yeah, a few of you do, don't you? (laughs) I read the last page of the Bible. Genesis 22. Listen to these couple of verses out of the last chapter in the Bible. Last page. Revelation, sorry. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. As clear as crystal. So it's not contaminated. It's clear, living, fresh water. Not like the ponds in India. Hey, Troy. (laughs) You don't want to live near a canal over there. That's the worst place to live because they're very smelly. Clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb... That is Jesus down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Do you get this picture? This is a picture of heaven. But Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven so if there's a river of living water flows in heaven when Jesus stood up and said when you get filled with the spirit and you start to worship God that river from heaven starts to flow through your soul and then it becomes a well a spring of living water that flows out of you when you get near the river healing comes in your soul the more I worship the more I pray The more I take time to meditate on God's Word or to get into God's second book, His creation, and you walk and listen to the waves and you see the sunset and you you watch the clouds and you watch His animals and it's God's second book or as someone else said, it's God's gym. You're working out in the yard or doing stuff here in God's creation. And he he just starts to cleanse your soul, refreshes you. Maybe you've got some pain and hurt and you need healing in your life. The best thing I can say is get close to the river and let it start to wash over you. Open up the door of your heart. Just let the river flow. It's clear as crystal. Just like some of these hot days and you go to the fridge and just take out a, about two litres of water and drink it because you're just so thirsty. It just refreshes you. It just quenches your thirst. I find His presence like that. Like when we worship the night, my soul was just so alive and free and refreshed. You say, I don't know how to worship like that. Just as we sing, just sing the words and just let your spirit start to rise 
Some people do it in prayer. Some do it through their music. Whatever way helps you connect and let the river flow, just do it. Do it and do it and do it. Because it's not just about you getting free and fulfilled. Because what happens is out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And guess what? They're going to flow out from you and touch everyone else around. So it's not just about us. It's about letting it overflow and touch our thirsty world that is looking for fresh living water and all they've got is contaminated rubbish and they don't know anything different. It's like you see that ad on telly for helping supply clean drinking water for a kid over in Africa or somewhere. and They, they show you the, the glass of water and it's got all the dirt and junk and things crawling around in it and all the stuff. And, they, Mate, and, and the, you say, would you give this to your kids? They don't know anything different because that's all they've got to drink. There's thousands in Harvey Bay and Fraser Coast who drink from the water of life that's contaminated with shame and pain and guilt and lies and deception. They don't know this living water that we have in Jesus. Oh, that drives me. It leads me to make sure there's as much living water flowing out of my soul as possible so that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on up, worship team. And then the last few verses of this chapter, verse 20, verse 17 says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Oh, let's stand in his presence. How awesome that Jesus is the living water. His spirit is living water. I just feel him drawing really close to some people's hearts here right now. Some of you are facing this year with great joy and excitement and enthusiasm. Others, you've got some major challenges before you. I don't have all the answers, but Jesus does. And this church is a well. It's a place where people can come and drink and refreshed. It's also a river of living water that fills us and overflows us out wherever we go. And I believe this year we're going to see the well and the river of living water just touch so many lives. We're going to see people come in and be transformed. You're going to invite people to church. There's a whole lot of people in this city just waiting for someone to invite them to church or to invite for you to pray for them. I'm amazed just how easy it is to reach people. Marilyn yesterday went to get pick up a dress from a lady who was just fixing up a dress. And I'm sitting in the car, and I'm there for about 15 minutes thinking, mate, that's a long time to pick up a dress. That she must have tried it on. They're still fixing it up. She walked in, got the dress, and she said, how are you going? And they just had the most terrible week of their lives. A lovely older couple reached out to help someone, and now it's become absolute chaotic and dangerous and, and strife. And Marilyn just says, can I pray for you? And she prayed and the peace of God came in that house and they were just so over, not Christians at all, 
but something happened and I said, that's okay. I'm happy to sit here for 15 minutes in the air conditioning while you're ministering to the people there. People are so hungry. They're searching all over this city now for living water. What a privilege. Oh, Jesus. Let's just close your eyes for a Just let the presence of God wash over us. As we just start to sing this song, just for a few minutes before we finish tonight, just let the presence of Jesus wash over you right now. Just let it wash over you right now. If you need healing or peace, you need some hope in your life, why don't you let go of the contaminated stuff? Say, Jesus, come and wash over my soul. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.